Folks, I've got five questions for the Winnipeg Jets coming up in the 2022-2023 Winnipeg Jets season. Uh, questions around some players, maybe some thoughts about the coaching staff and what we can see going forward with this team and stuff that I'm just really curious to know what's going to happen with this team because right now, as it is, it kind of seems like Winnipeg's offseason is done. We'll talk about these questions and what I hope the answers are all coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, Winnipeg Jets fans, and welcome to Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, like I said at the top, I kind of want to talk about five questions that I have, uh, maybe around some like specific players um, and maybe around some uh, coaching stuff when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets, right? Obviously, this upcoming season is, well, it's it's critical, right? But it's also very confusing because... Um, as it is right now, it's not really clear what the direction of this team is and what they feel uh, the expectations are. Because if they're thinking playoffs are a definite thing, well, mm, not really super confident in that, if I'm being honest. But let's start off with the first question. This one I kind of have about Mark Shifley. And I think my question with Mark is, what version of him are we getting? You know, the past few years, uh, and I don't know if people will agree with this, but my general feeling is that he hasn't really been super happy. Uh, when you see him in interviews, you see him on the ice, you kind of see how he plays. There's just kind of this oddly disconnected feeling with him. And maybe it's just my imagination, but oftentimes, you know, a lot of guys and and, and certainly folks out there um, just doing normal stuff, not even just pro sports, but you can kind of read somebody's body language, maybe their micro expressions. I know there used to be this really famous uh, crime thriller called Lie to Me, which Obviously, it was a little bit dramatized and stuff, but you can still get the sense of how somebody is feeling through, you know, observing their their shape of their uh, posture, maybe their expression, something that they just can't really hide. It's it's even sometimes a subconscious reaction. And with Shifley, I haven't really felt like he's been with the program for a while, not because he just hates everything about the Jets, but I think he's had some disagreements uh, with some of the coaching staff and stuff. And whether or not he's really vocalized it, I think it's shown in some parts uh, of his game. And I don't know if it's something that's going to change this year, now that he kind of has a chance to sort of, you know, hit the reset button, start over, and try again with bonus. Now, maybe things are to the point where we're not going to see him recover. Maybe this is just who he is now. But I feel like, you know, if anything, I kind of feel like Mark has a chance uh, to really cement why he is Winnipeg's first line center. I think that there's Still a fantastic player in him. I I think, you know, a lot of the issues with this game could potentially be ironed out with uh, maybe a coaching staff that he feels he can trust and that he really believes 
uh, has the ability to get the most out of this team. I think if you give him, you know, the right kind of leadership, the right sort of guidance, we're going to see a different version of him. Uh, but the question is, is does he really want to commit to that? I personally don't know. I'm not sure what his headspace is like. I don't know if he feels uh, this is the point at which he is, you know, getting close to being done with the Jets or if he's really wanting to take a second crack at it and maybe even work towards an extension. I don't know which version of him we'll see this year. I think as he kind of goes, so does a lot of this team. You know, would I say he's the most important player on the entire roster? Probably not. I think Hellebuck probably still has that number one role. But all that said, Shifley is still one of our top three most important players. And if he can't get it going and if he can't really develop his two-way game back to where it was a few years ago, uh, you know, the Jets honestly are just going to struggle. He is kind of still one of our top breadwinners. And it would be really cool to see him kind of take, uh, you know, mantle, uh, take the mantle of leadership for this team and really show who he can be on the ice. Because we know that he is phenomenally talented, extremely skilled, and I think that there's still a great player in him. He just has to show that he wants to be uh, that guy for the Jets. Kind of in a similar vein, I have a lot of questions about Blake Wheeler. Uh, you know, it, it came out this offseason that he and the team had kind of hit a point where there was mutual interest in separating. And now that that hasn't really happened, you know, what are we going to see with him this year? The past couple of seasons, I think Blake has kind of been cognizant of the fact that his game isn't where it used to be. Obviously, his mobility and speed aren't quite up to par. Um, age has definitely impacted his ability to be a regular contributor at even strength. You know, sometimes on the power play, he still struggles a bit. And so with with Blake and, and kind of where his game is at, I think my biggest question is, will he be willing to work in a reduced role? Uh, and if he's not, you know, he can't really be on that first line. It's just not really suited to his skill sets. And when you pair him with Shifley, you know, Mark's game kind of takes a bit of a step back too, because Shifley can't quite race up the ice. He has to be more, I guess, cautious and conservative in his approach. And I just feel like their 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 chemistry isn't quite there. So, um, you know, obviously the defensive impacts and stuff on the ice, as well as the offensive production, it's not it's not a good ratio when you look at uh, the pairing of Blake and Shifley together. Honestly, I think if you put Wheeler in like a third line role or something you would start to see his skills really blossom in a way that can only add to the team instead of taking away defensively because, you know, he's not able to counter as quickly and stuff. So, you know, if Blake was on, would honestly accept like a demotion and it would really only be a demotion in ice time, I think he can still be a really important player for this team. But, you know, I, I, I get from his perspective why uh, he's never really chosen that option. You know, as the captain, you feel a responsibility I'm sure part of it is also a little bit ego driven because most athletes have to have that drive. You got to strive to be excellent or else you're going to lose your spot. And I think Blake desperately wants to be the guy, the winner for this team. But if he's willing to kind of take a step back and share that responsibility and not put all of it on his shoulders, I think you're going to see a new version of him. That's honestly way more suited to this team could honestly help the, the Jets top nine really balance out. And I think it would go a long way towards making this team a lot more competitive. I know that that probably is not what he would want to hear, and he might even disagree with this assessment. But at this stage of his career, it's kind of time to start slowing it down and thinking about the best way to contribute without having to be uh, the number one guy because he's just not that guy anymore. He was several years ago, but now, you know, in his 30s, 
it's okay to ask for a little bit more support and to maybe know when to give others a little bit more of a pedestal so that you can kind of shine in your own role. And I think that that is going to be the best benefit for everyone. I think it'll make the team better. And honestly, you might see a jump in his own production as well. If he kind of starts slowing it down and maybe takes a few extra shifts, maybe gets a little bit more rest, maybe he'll have a little bit more energy to push for that extra drive and show us some of that great skating that he used to have many years ago. But I'd be curious to know what you think of that one. Uh, what is your questions around both Shifley and, and Wheeler? Do you think either of them are willing to revisit how they play their game? Be sure to let me know on social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter and in the YouTube comments below. Now, of course, we've still got three more questions that I have for the Jets. But before we go any further, we did have uh, a bit of a commentary from our friends at the NHTSA. They have given us some, uh, you know, talking points when it comes to drunk driving. But of course, when you're talking about DUIs and uh, under the influence uh, automotive operations, obviously alcohol is only one thing, right? There's also the presence of drugs in your system. And some of you might not even be thinking about, you know, smoking a little bit, right? You might be thinking, oh, it's just alcohol. But of course, when you're stoned, you know, things aren't, uh, you know, your reaction time slow. You're not quite as good at, at operating machinery and vehicles. And it's the same thing as driving uh, under the influence of alcohol in the eyes of the law. So are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that could happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. Maybe you think uh, you're, you're taking it easy. You're actually being more cautious than you are, you know, driving while drunk. Well, that's not really the same thing. It's it's It really is a big deal, and you'd be dead wrong especially when it comes to the legal ramifications. The truth is your reaction time slow way down when you're high, and you not only put yourself in danger, you put others as well in danger around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Stay safe out there, folks. Protect yourself and others. Don't drive while you're under the influence, and make sure that you're always keeping an eye out for your friends as well. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. On tonight's episode, we have been kicking it off with some questions about the 2022-23 season for the Winnipeg Jets, uh, whether it's players or coaches. And we ask questions about, you know, what version of Shifley do we get? Will Wheeler take a demotion? My third question is, what do we get with Neil Pionk? Uh, this guy I've talked about in the past as having been a really big turnaround story for the Jets. You know, when Neil was traded to the Jets um, in the, the Truba deal, I have to be honest, I wasn't really excited because uh, I knew what um, his reputation with the Rangers was. And while I thought he could have the ability to maybe figure out his game and work on some of the defensive issues that he had with the Jets, I wasn't really convinced it was going to work out. Because when you think about Winnipeg's development cycle with defenders, it's not always been great for young guys. Um We've seen plenty of skilled young D not really get a fair shake with the Jets and not really be put on the path towards success. Pionk, I feel like, has mostly been on an upward trajectory, but last year was kind of a step back. And obviously it was the first year after the, the North Division, and so Pionk was kind of back to facing routine competition. But I think he had, what, a concussion at one point in the year, and after that his game just very much changed, and it didn't really seem like he was himself. And at the end of last season, he said that he was embarrassed with his performance, which I brought up several times in this podcast. And I feel like for me, that's a very harsh way to describe it. You know, when you're when you're post concussion, you're post injury, it's it's not the same thing. 
And so I feel like he's probably been thinking about what happened last year and the fact that he knows he just wasn't really at the same level. I get the sense that he probably looks up a lot of stuff and maybe even has seen some of the statistical profiles of the season. And he's aware that, yeah, you know, for a guy who's making almost as much as $6 million, uh, it just wasn't really the kind of performance that you would expect for a top uh, top four defender like he is. And so this year, I'm curious to know what we see with him because there is a version of him that's still a really effective attacking blue liner. But if he's not that guy for the Jets, you know, what will he be? Is he going to be more like a Ben Chirot type, uh, a third pairing puck mover? Maybe um, somebody like John Klingberg, who's definitely fallen off over the years. I kind of feel like Pionk might make a return to form uh, from his better seasons, but I don't know. It's just hard to say with him. We don't have a huge sample size, and the previous sample size with the Rangers and Pionk during his struggling years with the Jets, it was pretty grim. So let's just cross our fingers and hope that he comes and shows us that he is still willing and, and ready to be that number, uh, maybe even like fringe number two guy, uh, you know, like a, a really solid second pairing defender with a great shot and smart instincts. I, I just kind of want to root for him. I like him a lot. I think he's a super cool guy. Um, and it's a shame that last year went as terribly for him as it is, as it did. But, you know, sometimes that just that stuff just sort of happens with the Jets and there's not much that you can do. Aside from Pionk, uh, thinking about the defense as a whole, I guess my question for bonus is, will he be willing to let them activate activate offensively? I talked about it as something to watch uh, a couple of a couple of days ago on a previous episode, like one of the major things to watch with the Jets is how bonus uses the defense. And I think that that is kind of one of my biggest questions as a whole for the season, because, you know, tactically speaking, it changes what your forwards are going to do. It changes how your blue liners activate inside the offensive zone. And it allows you to do a lot more overlaps, more cycle games that are really effective and just change your approach in terms of puck possession. You know, previously, the Jets didn't really do that as much under Maurice. He was very afraid of counters and stuff. And so he didn't really let Jets blue liners um, be aggressive, which actually made things worse because they weren't really good at defending their own blue line anyways. What's the point of then holding them back if they're not really going to be uh, defensive types? So, you know, I, I kind of wonder if if Bonus will trust them. And more importantly, will he trust the kids to kind of lead the charge? I think Sandberg, Pionk, Heinola, a lot of these guys, they all have very good puck moving skill. And if you let them kind of assert their dominance on the ice and uh, give them, you know, maybe partners who are more supportive and can kind of clean up the details, it might help to supplement some of the issues with the Jets forward unit, because right now uh, the bottom six for Winnipeg's forward grouping is, is pretty weak. And even the top six isn't great if we're being honest. So let the blue Niners kind of be that bit of a, uh, I guess, back and forward presence, but you know, within reason, right? They can't always be aggressive, but I think that there's a chance here to let them kind of stretch their wings and show the Jets what it means when you have, all five guys on the ice supporting the puck pursuit and offensive pressure equally. But of course, that's up to bonus and whether or not this coaching staff feels they can trust that unit. Hopefully they do. I think it would be much to Winnipeg's benefit because uh, I think the forwards past the top two lines are really going to struggle to create pressure. But I'd be curious to know if you think they should be more aggressive. Again, drop your thoughts in the comments below. We still have one more question that we're going to talk about, and this one is pretty easy, but I think it's one that kind of 
decides the ultimate future of this team beyond just this upcoming season? We'll talk about what this question is in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We have asked some questions about the upcoming season for the Jets and ultimately what Winnipeg is hoping to accomplish with some of these players and what these players themselves are looking to do. The last question that I have is, what is the plan for Connor Hellebuck? And I know that this is a very stupid one because so long as he's under contract with the Jets, he will be the lead starter. But I guess when I'm asking what do they plan to do with him, it's like, are you going to make this guy your long-term starter down the road as well? Do you intend to resign him? If you don't, then how long are you going to keep him on the roster? I would assume that through the season, he's going to be Winnipeg's number one, and there's no question about that, especially if they feel this is their last year to really make a push for the playoffs. Uh, but beyond that, you know, I kind of wonder if, if for some reason the Jets fall for this year or next, how long is he going to be here for? These questions, I know we're about the 2022-23 season, but with Hellebuck, it kind of applies all throughout the rest of his contract, including this season maybe. If things go really south, are the Jets going to trade him? Uh, are they thinking about letting him go in free agency? I, I really don't know, uh, because if you're trying to tank, Hellebuck is going to prevent you from doing that. He's such a good goalie, which it's so weird to say this, but he would actually hurt the Jets in their attempts to try and get somebody like Bedard, right? If you're looking for a, a lead number one prospect uh, to really start your rebuild, then Hellebuck is going to hold you back from reaching that point, which, again, is like the dumbest complaint I could possibly imagine. But it is kind of the truth if you are talking about uh, the big R word. So I, I think everything around what this team does in the future kind of hinges on what Winnipeg plans to do this season and beyond with Helly. I have a really hard time letting him go. Uh, as, as a fan, it would just be extraordinarily painful to see him not wearing Winnipeg clothing, especially when you look around the league and see how important um, elite starters have become and how scarce they are. Hellebuck is a very rare bird, uh, and I think it would be a shame if the Jets can't accomplish something great with him. Uh, especially because of how many great seasons he's given Winnipeg. He's had multiple Vesna finalist uh, awards. He's won a Vesna. <laughs> I, I don't know what more you can ask from him than he's already given this team. And so it's time for the Jets to kind of pay it forward and give him something back, especially while we still have him. But, you know, ultimately, if it gets to the point where a rebuild becomes a necessity, <sighs> I have a hard time seeing a, a future and a scenario where he is part of this team. But, you know, I, I don't even want to imagine what it's like to trade him. You know, it's it's kind of hard to consider how Winnipeg would even get a good value replacement for him. For one thing, no goalie that they get in trade is probably going to be anywhere near as good. It's just the truth. And so they would have to draft one, which when you draft a goalie, it's kind of like, uh, honestly, it's sort of throwing at a dartboard because, Goaltending just seems to be so hard to predict and project at the NHL level. There are very few goalie prospects out there that seem to be surefire locks. Jesper Walshtedt is one, um, and it seems like, of course, Ottinger has ended up panning out. But how many guys like that do you really see? I mean, Shosterkin maybe. Uh, there's probably a couple of other guys who have been pretty solid. But even guys who were very heralded when they were drafted, Alex Nedeljkovic when he was taken, uh, it took him many years to actually make the NHL, and thus far his role hasn't really blossomed into an elite starter. 
his kind of story is very common. And so for me, I, I just, there's a part of me that no matter what does not want to get rid of Hellebuck, whether it's, uh, you know, as a trade or in free agency, I just, I have a hard time seeing this team without him, but I'm also keenly aware that at some point when it comes time to start over, the Jets are going to have to cut bait because he's just too good to keep around. So I don't know if it's going to happen this season or next or in free agency, but at some point, if Chevy decides to hit the, the reset button, it is going to be time to say goodbye to Connor Hellebuck and thank him for all those amazing years that he gave us. I'd be curious to know how you feel about this, though. Are, are you even close to being ready to say goodbye to Helly? Would you want them to resign him, even with all of the risks that come with older aged goalies? Do you feel that trading him this year or next is the best option? Let me know in the YouTube comments below or on my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On NHL. Our experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. It's free to follow on your favorite podcasting platforms of choice, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!